This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Unwilling to be the government's deadly assassin, gifted psychic Kahara Mitchell went AWOL and ended up buried under rubble in the wake of a great tsunami. She regained consciousness far from Earth on the medical ship of a Dagaronian intergalactic fleet. Has she been rescued or abducted by aliens? The Chalice of Carrie, Kahira O'Donnell's latest paranormal science fiction romance, is the passionate story of an Earth woman and her destined mates, twin kings from another galaxy. Kahara uses her gifts fighting alongside Lords Rom and Ra in a war that will determine the destiny of galaxies. The Chalice of Kari by Kahira O'Donnell is now available at kahiraodonnell.com or at amazon.com. The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. 
on MSN Messenger, Exxon Radio TV at Hotmail.com, and our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. My guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is a lady we've had the pleasure of having on the show before. Leslie Rule is her name. And uh, Leslie is the author of dozens of magazine articles and eight best-selling books. She began researching haunted places in the 1990s, long before ghost hunting became a national fad. Coast to Coast Ghosts, True Stories of Hauntings Across America was published in 2001 and continues to top the list of best-selling paranormal books. Now, in addition, Leslie has published two suspense novels, uh, three more books of true ghost stories, and her latest were Angels Tread, Real Stories of Miracles and Angelic Intervention. Leslie's interests in the paranormal began in childhood. She was born on a dark and stormy night and grew up in a haunted house. Leslie Rule is also a photographer, and each of her last five books feature dozens of dramatic black-and-white photographs. The daughter of crime author Anne Rule, Leslie began shooting trials for her mother's books at, um, my goodness, the age of 17. Leslie has also two suspense novels, Whispers from the Grave, and Killing Me Again, published in the mid-1900s. Though out of print, they have been recently been relaunched as ebooks and are available for Kindles and Nook books, etc. And uh, her website is www.angels2012.com. And joining me now is Leslie Rule. And Leslie, welcome back to the X Zone. Nice having you back with us. It's great to be back, Rob. My goodness, you know, uh, I understand that a recent Gallup poll found 70% of Americans believe in angels. Why do you think that is? Well, every major religion embraces a belief in angels. Mm -hmm. So most of us have been taught that angels are real. And about one in four people actually admit to having some sort of an encounter with an angel. And the fact that so many credible people have seen or felt or heard angels and have come forward with their experiences really helps to validate their existence. Well, let, let's start off this this hour by me asking you this very simple question. What is an angel? Well, yeah, to traditional Christians believe that angels are spiritual beings mm-hmm. who have never been human. Um, now, the belief varies depending on religion. Mormons, for instance, believe that angels are the spirits of their dead relatives. So it really, um, it, there's no exact answer. Um, all we really have is a collection of experiences, and people have um, theorized, theor- theory- theorized <laughs> <Sometimes> <laughs> on that, that um, angels are basically here to help us, because there have been so many cases of people's lives saved. All right, you and I are going to take a little commercial break here, Leslie. It's great having you with us. Congratulations on the wonderful work that you do, because I know that people who have read your books have found the answers they've been seeking. And that's what being a lady like you and an author like you is all about. Exonation Leslie Rule is my special guest this hour, www.angels2012.com. That's wwwangels 2012 Dot com. We're talking about angels this hour in the Exxon. Don't forget, Exxon Nation, I'm going to be the Master of Ceremonies of the Body Soul Spirit Expo being held in Toronto at the International Centre, May 25th to May 27th. And uh, we're going to be giving away electronic editions of the X Chronicles newspaper, our videos, 
best interviews, and much more. And all you have to do is come over and say, hey, Rob, can I get a copy of the DVD? It's that simple. For more information, www.bodysoulspirit.com. We'll be back. Don't go away. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings, slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com.
That's Martina McBride and Concrete Angel, uh, a sad song. And whenever I hear that song, I think of all the abused children in the world today. And uh, I just want to thank God there's authorities out there and people who give a darn and foster parents and the policemen, the first responders who, you know, who do, who do just a super job. Abuse children. Abuse of any kind is wrong. And remember, there are, there's a very simple solution to any abuse. If you know of abuse, don't be afraid to dial those three very important numbers, 911. Don't hide it. Don't allow it to keep on going. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Leslie Rule is my guest of this hour, www.angels2012.com. And, and Leslie, I don't know if I ever told you my very own angel story. I don't think I've heard that, but I would love to. When it comes to this show, I've been doing it now for 20 years. I've talked to people from all over the world. I've been blessed with the job that I do. I love my job. I love my people. I love my guests. I just want to touch one heart each and every show. When I was growing up, we lived in Montreal, my mother, my father, my brother, myself, my grandmother. And we always had pictures of angels. My mother loves angels. And I remember one picture uh, was of a little boy and a little girl on the edge of a cliff. And the angel was behind them, protecting them. My younger brother, um, this is going back, let's see, this would be in the mid-50s. He's younger than I am. Uh, was um, being fed baby food. And at the time, the baby food came in little cans. And there wasn't that protective coating on the inside. And my younger brother got violently ill, violently ill, and uh, they didn't think he was going to make it through the night. He was rushed to the hospital with my mom and dad, and, and I remember all the family congregating at our home, just anticipating the most horrific news that, that we could ever hear. All of a sudden, Leslie, I saw this man in our kitchen. Now, the kitchen was had other relatives in, the, in it as well. But there he was. And he made me feel good. I felt safe. Everything was going to be okay. So I went to my grandmother and I said, Don't, don't worry, Nanny. Uh, everything's going to be okay. And she said, Well, how do you know, son? I said, Because the man over there, and I went to point to the man... And he was no longer, longer there. No sooner had I said these very words, the phone rang, and it was my mom and dad my brother had turned for the better. Wow. I believe in angels. I may not believe in UFOs. I may not believe in Bigfoot. I may not believe in the Bermuda Triangle, the city of Atlantis, but you know what, Leslie? I believe in angels. It's comforting, isn't it? You know, I, I just turned 60 last week. And I Happy still... Birthday. Thank you, sweetie. I still remember the feeling of warmth, safeness, 
and the feeling that all was going to be okay when I looked at that that angel. That's a very common feeling that people will describe. It's this great mm-hmm. sense of calm. And um, interviewing people, I've heard that again and again and again. They describe exactly what you felt. Can you just imagine being six or seven years old, hearing people talking in the live in 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 your home that your little brother wasn't going to be coming home, you wouldn't be able to play with him anymore or see him anymore. My little They're heart fine. was my little heart was breaking. I, I remember I I was crying, but then I looked and I saw this angel, and everything was okay. I knew in my heart. I'm sorry. Do you remember what he looked like all these years later? I sure do. I sure do. He had long hair, a beard, piercing beautiful blue eyes, wearing you're gonna find you're gonna think I'm crazy, but wearing a white gown. I was going to say they're usually in white. That's where he was. He was wearing a white gown. That's wonderful. That's a great story. I wish I had talked to you about it before I'd written the book so I could have put you in there. Well, you know, it's like I like I said, I'm, I don't believe in UFOs. I don't believe in extraterrestrials. I don't believe in Roswell, New Mexico, where a UFO allegedly crashed. I don't believe the world is going to come to an end on December the 21st, 2012. But I do believe in angels. I'm with you. Yeah. What do other people who have had angelic encounters say the angels look like? Do, do the angels all look alike? But I must say one thing that, that, that has puzzled me over the years. There were no wings. And yet yeah. I, I know he was an angel. That's very interesting because when I first start, started out to write this book, I expected to hear about wings. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, people will describe them without wings. But sometimes they'll um, manifest in the traditionally depicted image, mm-hmm. but uh, often there's no wings there. There's the halo, and yeah. then there's the, the white garment and the glowing. And then they also can appear as ordinary human beings or animals, and we won't even realize we've encountered an angel until the experience is over. I have done shows with first responders, police officers, paramedics, firefighters, and they have told me, of people who arrive on a scene and leave, and they don't know who these people are, where they came from. But they were there at a time when the person needed them, the person who was involved in the crash, in the fire, in the uh, in the violent act where the police have responded. These people just appear out of nowhere and disappear into nowhere. And of course now, that reminds- after all these years, I just put a smile on my face and I say, well, that's an angel. <laughs> There's a story in the book about a woman who was um, in a car accident mm-hmm. and her airbag went off and she was terrified because she thought um, the car was on fire, but it was actually dust from the airbag. Mm-hmm. And she uh, had her hand sticking out of the window and she um, heard someone talking to her and they grabbed hold of her hand and they stood there and they comforted her until a police car drove up mm-hmm. and then it was suddenly gone. And when the officer approached the car, the woman said, could you please tell the person who was holding my hand to come around to the front so I can see them? And he said, ma'am, there's there's no one there. And she said, well, he was just holding my hand a minute ago. And the officer said, uh, I, when I drove up, I saw you were all alone. There's nobody there. So that's actually very common. 
Leslie, is there any specific religious philosophy that is most likely to see an angel, or is it a special kind of person? Is it what's in the person's heart? Is it what's in their belief system? Who is most likely to see an angel? Just about anybody can have an experience, even skeptics. Mm -hmm. But it tends to be the... um, the tends to be children who see them more easily, and also people on their deathbeds. And so the people who are around the people who are dying will report, they'll say, well, my grandmother was talking to someone in the corner of the room I Mm -hmm. couldn't see, and she got this very peaceful look on her face before she passed. Yeah. I've spoken to a number of doctors and a, a number of nurses who have worked in geriatric wards, or have worked with cancer patients in hospices and hospitals and private homes when the person is passing. And there there comes a feeling or, or, or presence within the room that cannot be described. Sometimes they, 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 they talk about the, the the smell of flowers, the yeah. the aroma of, of, of a bouquet of, of flowers, and that the person who is passing has a very peaceful expression, experience, and they're gone. Yes, and then the people who have been their death experiences who have come back mm-hmm. will often recall encountering angels as well as the spirits of their lost loved ones. Why don't angels save people every time they're in danger? Well, it would be a really weird life if an angel I guess. Uh, suddenly appeared every time. Mm-hmm. Something went wrong. And I think there's some things that we're just supposed to go through uh, for reasons we don't understand. And um, I think that the angels are always with us, but they're not always allowed to step in and help. Do you think the angels are part of the supernatural, the paranormal, or what we call religious philosophies or belief? I would say the supernatural. Um, I would say um, because it. I think they're related to God. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't, I don't have strong beliefs about any particular religion. You know, you. you but ta- I do see, believe in God. You, you talked about children seeing angels, and once again, I've spoken to a number of children who have had these invisible friends, and I often wondered if these invisible friends are angels. I think that they often are angels, and I think sometimes they may be ghosts. Mm-hmm. And there is a difference. Um, pe- when people describe ghosts, and I've interviewed quite a few of them with the yep. four books on ghosts, um, the descriptions are different. Like when they describe an angel, they describe, for one thing, the feeling that you described to me as complete peace. Mm-hmm. And they're all, they also can be a little frightened when they see a ghost. But I've never had anyone be frightened by an angel. By an angel. And in angels, um, when they're appearing as um, celestial beings, well, um, be full, filled with this brilliant light that's mm-hmm. so bright that it actually should hurt your eyes, but it doesn't. And no one's ever described a ghost that way to me. You know, I often wonder if I had been in that situation when I was maybe 12, 13, or 14, if I would have seen the angel. If I would have had the same experience, or was it because I was so young, with such an open mind and an open heart, that I was truly blessed by what I saw? 
I think it's more likely that young children, with their hearts wide open, as mm-hmm. you say, well, experience angels. But I think that you could experience an angel again at any point in your life if you were hurting badly enough and you needed it enough. Hey, Leslie, you and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Stand by, my dear. Exonation Leslie Rule is my special guest this hour. A great lady, a great writer. She has a website, www.angels2012.com. That's www.angels2012.com. We'll be back on the other side of the news as the Exxon continues. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464. With each new extreme weather event or terrorist act, it becomes increasingly obvious that we live in uncertain and challenging times. We all buy car insurance. Why not collapse and catastrophe insurance? Matthew Stein, an MIT-trained engineer and green builder, has written two outstanding books to help people prepare, plan for, and deal with everything from minor situations lasting a few days to full-on collapse. Matt's first book, When Technology Fails, is a manual for self-reliance, sustainable living, and surviving the long emergency. This massive book covers the gamut from first aid and emergency preparedness to alternative healing, renewable energy, primitive living skills, and 18th century technologies that could be critical to your comfort and survival in a long-lasting crisis. Matt's second book, When Disaster Strikes, is a comprehensive emergency preparedness handbook and survival guide. When Disaster Strikes is an essential item for every family's go-bag, Both books are available at all usual sources. There's a wealth of totally free information posted at whentechfails.com and author-signed copies may be purchased at mattstein.com. 
www.wentechfails.com. That's www.wentechfails.com and www.matstein.com. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. X-Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www. .exoneradiotv.com I was walking home from school on a cold winter day Took a shortcut through the woods And I lost my way It was getting late And I was scared and alone But then a kind old man Took my hand and led me home My mama couldn't see him Oh, but he was standing there And I knew in my heart He was the answer to my prayers Oh, I believe there are angels among us Sent down to us from somewhere up above They come to you and me In our darkest hours To show us how to live To teach us how to give To guide us with the light of love When life held troubled times And had me down on Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. Leslie Rule is my guest this hour. We're talking to Leslie about angels this hour. Leslie's new book, Where Angels Tread, Real Stories of Miracles and Angelic Intervention. Her website is www.angels2012.com. That's angels2012.com. And Leslie, it's always great having you with us here in the Exxon. Uh, I was wondering if you could share with us some of the stories that people will find in between the cover of your new book? Well, one of my favorites is a story of a woman when she was a little girl. She was in Texas, and Mm -hmm. she was um, at her grandmother's house while her mother was at work. And she was about four years old, and her grandma was inside napping, and she was in the driveway riding her tricycle. And she wanted to go across the street uh, where there was a better area to ride the trike, but Mm -hmm. she wasn't allowed to do that. And so she was trying to resist, and finally she thought, I'm going to go for it. So she started pedaling quickly toward the street, and she heard a calm voice say, don't go in the road. 
And it was so quiet, she thought maybe she had imagined it. So she kept pedaling, and then it was more urgent. Don't go in the road. And she stopped short just as a big black truck barreled past. It was so close, she could feel her hair rising. It pulled her, her hair up in the, um, in the wind of the truck. And she also realized that she wouldn't have been able to break that fast on her own. So she thinks that somebody actually physically stopped the trike. Well, she assumed that there was an adult there, and she turned around, and no one was there. It was a very quiet day. Her grandma was still asleep, and there was no explanation. Son of a gun. Why do angels save some people and not others? For example, you know, we look at war, and we say, why doesn't somebody intervene? Why isn't there some some sort of angelic intervention. We see... That's the thing that baffles us, yeah. and that's the question that we all ask. And it's one of those things that we just don't have the answer to. We just have to have faith that there is a, a bigger plan. And I think that help, that knowing that this life is not the end really helps, because those who are lost mm-hmm. and those who die really aren't gone. They've moved on to a spiritual plane. Uh, someday we'll have the answer, but probably not while we're alive. You know, I know there are people listening to us around the world tonight who are saying, how do you know there's more to life than than just being born, dying, being buried or cremated, and that's it? How do you answer that? How do you, how do you deal with skepticism? Well, I deal with it by writing about cases from incredible, from incredible people who are believable, who will let me quote them directly and take mm-hmm. photographs of them, and hopefully that will convince people who are frightened and who don't believe. Um, myself, I believe because I've had my own experiences, and I think for most people, they need to have their own encounters in order to believe, like with you, um, with the man in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Now, what was your experience? Well... I had an amazing experience that I never talked about publicly until I wrote the Angel book. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I should share this here because I'm asking other people to share. But um, I was in my early 30s, and I had had um, a conflict with somebody really close to me. And I'd gone to sleep with a heavy heart. I was just devastated. And I woke up at dawn when the sheet snapped off the corner of the bed. My eyes flew open, and I saw a figure kneeling beside the bed um, just glowed. This was absolutely a mm. brilliant glowing. And she had, I say she, but I instinctively knew it was a sexless being, but it had feminine features. She, her hair was either pulled back or cropped short, and it was golden. And each strand, each individual strand was, um, was brilliant. Um, and her cheeks were were this peach color. It was like when you put it in your kid and you put a flashlight in your life and, oh, yeah. and, and put a flashlight in your mouth and your cheeks start to glow. Mm-hmm. And the instant I saw it, I knew I was seeing something that I wouldn't want to remember for the rest of my life. So I just stared and soaked it in. And I think it was there for four seconds and then it was just gone. And prior to that, I just thought angels were a Bible metaphor. I didn't realize that they were real. Bible metaphor. How many people do you think, have angelic experiences and really don't understand what they're being part of? 
I think probably everybody has them, but I think about one in four people admit to having them, so they are probably the only ones to really recognize what has happened. So what? There are so many times when um, we narrowly miss disaster but have no idea that we did. Um, for instance, you're, you're delayed because the phone rings as you're about to leave the house. Mm-hmm. It might be an annoyance because you're in a hurry to get somewhere, but if you had left on time, maybe you would have been in an accident. And we never know unless it's something that is so widely publicized, you can't miss the fact that you were saved. For instance, um, when the, the Eastland, the ship in the early 1900s, flipped in the river in Chicago and 800 people died, there were uh, three teenagers that were on their way to get on the ship um, that was uh, going on a cruise. Um, it was a special picnic for the people that worked for the electric company. And one of the teenagers, um, her, her hem fell on her dress. Mm-hmm. So the three siblings stopped to fix it. And if that hadn't happened, they would have been on the ship, and they probably would have perished. But unless you miss a plane that crashes, we really don't know. So I think angels are often stepping in to help us, and we're not even aware of it. So why do you think people who have had experience with angels really don't want anyone else to know? Well, people are embarrassed because... There are a lot of people who think you're nutty if you've had an experience. I get a lot of weird looks. When I was looking for cases for this book, Mm -hmm. I asked everybody I encountered um, if they've ever had an experience with an angel. And I got a lot of great cases, but I also got got a lot of those strange looks. Well, the year is 2012, and there's the... What was the name of the uh, TV show that had an Irish angel in it? Um... Oh, um... Well, you know the one I'm talking about. I do. I can't think of the name of it right now. Touched by an Angel. Yes, Touched by an Angel. There we go. There are so many shows that are coming out on television these days, thanks to the specialty channels, that talk about angels, that talk about ghosts, that talk about Bigfoot and so on, that you would think that if a serious author like yourself was to ask for input, that people would take it seriously. Why do you think there's still the stigma attached to the strange, the paranormal, the supernatural? I think because a lot of people are raised to believe that these things don't exist. Hmm. And that's hammered into them at an early age. There's a lot of people who will tell me that when they were children, if they hadn't experienced, their parents actually got mad at them. And so they were taught to keep their mouth shut. And I think a lot of people forget the magic of childhood as they grow up and um, have no recollection of things that may have happened then. You grew up in a haunted house. What was what was your childhood like? Pretty scary. Um, <laughs> it was actually, a, it's a cliche, but it was built on a Native American burial ground. Mm-hmm. And it was the house that my dad had grown up in. And my um, parents bought it from my grandparents when I was about five, and they would go there on the weekends to remodel it to get it ready. And while they were working, they would hear the phone ring, and it would ring and ring and ring, and they would walk to the phone to the wall where the old-fashioned phone had once been mounted, mm-hmm. and there were alarms sticking out of the wall. There was no phone there any longer, but it would ring as they stood there. And so that was one of the weird little things that happened. And we actually had a sobbing ghost that could be heard throughout the neighborhood. Wow. And I heard her when I was about 12. 
and it sounded like she was in the next room, and I thought it was my sister. So I jumped up, and I ran toward the, the crying, mm-hmm. and the crying moved to the next room, and I chased it around the house till it just vanished. And that kind of sparked my lifelong interest in the paranormal. It's, it sparked your interest in the paranormal, but you didn't suppress it. You, you've come forward and said, all right, geez, you know, this happened. If it happened to me, it must have happened to other people. And when you're out talking and giving lectures, what are some of the questions that, that the audience ask you, Leslie? Um, they want to know, usually, if I think they have a ghost in their house, mm-hmm. and they'll describe what's going on. Um, they'll ask me questions about, um, you know, their dead grandmother, and they'll, yeah. they'll usually reveal something. Like, they'll say, well, you know, I saw her, and you think that's, she's really here, and that she looked after me. And this is a case where they're, I, I believe they're ghosts, but they're mm-hmm. actually behaving like angels. Um, I've got many, many cases of people who've had their lives saved by their dead relatives. When does a ghost become an angel, and where is an angel born? Where do they come from? What happens well, to them? Do they ever well, die? Well, it depends on your belief system. Like the traditional Christianity mm-hmm. says that they were never human. They were spiritual beings created by God. And I think I mentioned earlier, earlier that Mormons believe that when people die, they become angels. Mm-hmm. So no one's for certain, and I don't have the answers. But um, I believe there's something here looking after us, and I find it very calming. Well, let me ask you this question. If, if in fact, angels were not born, but they were created by God. The fact that in the Bible it says that God said, let us create man in our own image, doesn't that mean that we too can become angels since we were created by God? I don't have the answer to that, but... um, Food for thought. That's what the Mormons believe. What are some of the questions you get from children? You must have some fascinating exchanges with children. I get lots of emails from kids mm-hmm. who want to know um, about what's going on in their house, and usually it has to do with ghosts. And the first thing I tell them is, don't have a seance and don't play with Ouija boards. And if you're frightened, pray. Sure. I think that a lot of times kids get carried away and they mm-hmm. stir up spirits, and they're spirits that you don't necessarily want in your environment. Should people be afraid of ghosts? Can a ghost harm you? Um, I personally have never researched a case where a person or somebody was physically harmed by a ghost, mm-hmm. but it does seem like that people who live or stay in haunted places have can have emotional troubles and uh, can feel quite disturbed. And so they, I think they can cause unrest um, but I don't believe they can physically harm us. If if a home is haunted and the person actually believes there's poltergeist activity, what should they do? Well, many times, simply asking mm-hmm. the ghost to leave you alone seems to work. Wow. Um, I'll have people tell me that they sit down and they say, hey, listen, here's the situation. 
um, you know, I'm, I'm here with my kids. I'm mm-hmm. trying to raise them. I'm working hard, and you're scaring my children, so please stop. And most of the time, they do stop. It's that simple? Often. And wow. if the trouble does continue, mm-hmm. um, some people will have a priest in and, or um, a psychic come in to do a, clear, a clearing. Right. And that might help. If nothing helps and they're really disturbed, I would just suggest they move. I agree with you 100%. Leslie, stand by. You and I have to take our final break. Exonation Leslie Rule is my guest this hour, www.angels2012.com. That's www.angels2012.com. Leslie is the author of Where Angels Tread, Real Ghost, uh, Real Stories of Miracles and Angelic Intervention. And Leslie and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, May 25 to 27, I'll be the Master of Ceremonies at the Body, Soul, Spirit Expo, 6900 Airport Road. That's the International Centre in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. For more information, find out who's going to be there, www.bodysoulspiritexpo.com. That's www.bodysoulspiritexpo.com. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. We're up above, they come to you and me. What if someone told you you could live to be 120? Would you believe him? What if he told you the Bible guaranteed it? All you needed to do was follow his rules and buy his products. Would you do it? What if you invested 20 years of your life in him? What if he tested his substances on your child? What if your child became brain damaged as a result? Meet Dr. Tyler Belknap, a fast-talking Texas ad man turned health guru. At the helm of a vast health food and supplement empire, he has established himself as the authority on nutrition and longevity. But what his followers don't know is that his products are laced with bizarre psychoactive substances from genetically modified plants developed in his very own secret lab. No wonder his customers can't stop using them. Tyler Belknap will stop at nothing to keep his edge in the market, even if it means experimenting on children. Chasing 120, a story of food, faith, fraud, and the pursuit of longevity, a novel from the pen of political cartoonist Monty Wolverton, is an easy and entertaining read full of rich characters and intrigue. It hits home in a world filled with all kind of hucksterism and offers a glimpse of what can happen when GMO technology falls into the wrong hands. Chasing 120 by Monty Wolverton. Get your copy today at www.ptm.org forward slash 120 or on Amazon.com. Nita Hickok is an expert in exorcisms, psychic warfare, soul healing, angelology, soul retrieval, demonology, energy healing, long-distance healing, astral healing, and much more. Nita is an interfaith minister because she believes all gods and goddesses are valid and that they are part of one divine force that is incomprehensible to us who are incarnated upon this earth. 
Nita has been doing astral healing, distant healing, spirit release, exorcism, house cleansing and blessings, soul restoring and revival, psychic vampire removal and curse removal, and much more for over 40 years. For more information or to contact Nita Hickok, visit her website at www.astralhealer.com. That's www.astralhealer.com. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back, everyone. Leslie Rule is our guest to this hour. www.angels2012. That's www.angels2012. She is the author of... You ready for this? Do you have your pencils and paper ready? That's good. Where Angels Tread, Real Stories of Miracles and Angelic Intervention. Once again, www.angels2012.com. First of all, Leslie, great having you back with us. Congratulations on yet another book. And I was wondering if you could share any more stories with us. Well, one of my favorites is about a woman in Colorado who was riding her new snowmobile on the trail. Mm-hmm. And her name was Carrie Wood, and this was just a few years back. And she was out by herself, and it was a beautiful, sunny day, and she was um, wearing a little light jacket because she expected to be out there for just half an hour. But as she was rounding the bend, the sun got in her eyes, and she lost control, and the snowmobile slammed into a tree Oops. and flipped over, and she fell and broke her back. And she was just out of sight of the trail because she had landed below the trail and she started screaming for help 
And every time she heard a snowmobile approach, mm-hmm. she would yell and scream, and, and nobody would hear her because the sound of the motor drowned her out. Well, after four hours, she was terrified she was going to die, and she just kept praying. And she didn't know it, but it was the last group that was coming down the trail for the day, and then the park was going to be closed. Um, this little boy by the name of Keith Winkler was on the back of a snowmobile, a string of snowmobiles of, of friends riding together, and first he he saw um, the her snowmobile, which was on the trail, and it was um, smashed, and he, he looked at it, and he told me, this has been a few years now, and he's a teenager now, mm-hmm. he said, um, I didn't think anything of it, I just figured it was an old wreck. And then he saw a little girl in a blue coat with blonde pigtails. And she was screaming, help me, help me. And she was waving her arm. Oh, wow. And he started pounding on the back of the guy driving the snowmobile and said, stop, stop. So um, the guy finally pulled over and the whole string snowmobile stopped. And he said, everybody was looking at me like I was crazy because I thought there was a little girl there. She's yelling for help. And suddenly they all heard it because the motors had stopped. Help me, help me. And so... They went to the spot where they heard the crying, and they looked down, and they saw the woman, Terry Wood, um, still in the snow. And Keith looked around, and he said, that's not her dad. And um, they they yelled down, and they said, are you alone? And she said, oh, yes, they told me not to go out alone, but, but I did. And she started crying. And they looked around. There was not even a footprint. There was no sign of Unreal. a girl coat. Unreal. Leslie, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Always a great pleasure talking to you. Continued success. And we look forward to the next time you join us here in the X-Zone. Take care of yourself, Leslie. Thank you. Bye-bye now. www.angels2012.com Leslie Rule is my guest this hour. Where angels tread. Real stories of miracles and angelic intervention. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the X-Zone. A place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. On the other side, you never know what happens. This is what the X-Zone is all about. Don't go away. We'll be back. <laughs>